This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. My name is Robert Schaaf. Um, my wife, Rulin, or Meta, I think. Um, yeah, so just a quick introduction. Um, I was born in Walfish Bay, and I grew up here. And I went to school here in primary school, and then I went to school in um, high school. I went to Cape Town. I went to the same school that Donnie went to in, in Paul. And after that, that I, 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 um, I went to study engineering in Stellenbosch, and I started working in South Africa. And then at the end of the day, they sent me back to Walfish Bay, and I got stuck here again. So <laughs> that's why I'm here in front of you today. Um, and it's really blessed being back. I love this place. I love this town. It's really part of who I am, and yeah, it's close to my heart. So it's, it's really an honor to, to serve in God's kingdom in Walfish Bay as well. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just really excited to stand in front of you today. It's such an honor to, um, I've, I've, I preached for the first time when we were in Durban, um, and I can still remember that first day when I had to stand here. It was terrifying. Um, it was really, really something that I, 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 it was so hectic for me. I went to the, to the pastor before the time and I told him, listen, I can't eat a I can hour before I had to preach. I said, my life isn't right. And, you know, I must tell these people what to do. And I, I, I'm a hypocrite standing here and everything. And, and then I can just remember you telling me that, listen, um, it's not about you. you know, it's not about you being perfect and everything. Allow God to work through you. And, and, it, and it's, that's how life is, you know. We don't grow to a place where we say, yeah, we've achieved this. We're just allowing God to work through us more and more. And, and that changed everything for me. And, and I must say, the times after that were still challenging to preach. <laughs> but God's really placed something in my heart to, I, I'm really starting to enjoy it. And, and um, it's an honor for me to stand here and a privilege. And I, and, I, and I wish I could do it more, really. It's really an honor sharing God's word. And I, I, res- I understand the responsibility going with that as well. And... Um, yeah, my prayer today is just that God will speak to your heart. Um, but yeah, that's really my heart today. Okay, so um, as I mentioned earlier, we really feel on our hearts that, um, that, that, that we want to grow this year. Okay, so you can see everywhere we've got this growth topic going here in church. And the areas of growth that we're focusing on the moment is prayer, worship, and community. Okay, and um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, everything we do will be focused on those areas, and and the different aspects of those areas for us as a church. So I'm really excited about that. Um, today we're going to speak about today's topic is made to worship. The first song that we sang today, you and I are made to worship. Okay, so if I look in front of me today at everybody sitting here. I see a lot of worshipers. I see a lot of worship leaders, actually. It's not a prophetic word or anything. <laughs> it's what you are. You know, I cannot, I cannot really teach you how to worship. You're doing it already in your lives. It's not something that I can come and tell you how to worship. You were created, God created each and every one of us as worshipers. You know, we are called to warfare, but we were created as worshipers. The plan in the beginning was to worship God. 
So in each and every one of us, the inherent ability to worship is in us. You can worship, and all of us do. Each and every one of us worship. Each and every one of us worship. You know, maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking about in a church context and thinking, there's a lot of things that I can do, but, you know, worship isn't one of them. You know, it's just not my thing. You know, I like, um, like listening to the sermon more or doing this and that in church and serving, and I'll do all of that. But worship is just like, I'm not feeling that. We must not limit worship to singing. We must not limit worship to singing. Every one of us sitting here today are created to worship, and each and every one of us are worshiping. The question is, are you worshiping God? And if not, what are you worshiping? That's the question. That's the that's question we're basically going to try answering today. If you're not worshiping God, what are you worshiping? You were created to worship. Whether you like it or not, you are worshiping in your life. There's things in your life that you are worshiping. And if you're not worshiping God, what are you worshiping? That's the question we're going to ask today. The difference between worshiping things and worshiping God is that when we worship God, we need to do it in wisdom. Okay? So wisdom, we always think, is this thing of for the older people and have learned everything in life. And, you know, um, it's kind of in that category. No, we, all of us, need to worship. When we worship God, we, we need to worship in wisdom. And my prayer and my heart is as we speak about this, that it will break open to us and that we can really become a church that worships God in wisdom. Okay, so I just want to um, read this scripture from Proverbs. You can sound my less, thank you. This is Solomon basically um, telling us what he learned from his dad, David. David was Solomon's dad, so he's basically just... Um, saying what he learned from his dad regarding, regarding this. He also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Okay, so he's basically touching three different aspects in this part of Scripture. He's speaking about knowledge. That's basically the words that he must remember. He's speaking about understanding, and then he's speaking about wisdom. So I just want to quickly talk about those three things. Knowledge is basic information that we have in our heads. Okay, you can, you can memorize the Bible and its knowledge that you have in your head. Okay? As soon as you perceive or find the meaning of that knowledge, then it becomes understanding. Okay, so until you understand or find the meaning of that and wh where it applies in your life, it, it only stays knowledge. But as soon as that you understand the meaning of it, then it becomes understanding. Then you understand, okay, this is how it works. And then wisdom is basically just applied knowledge. To say, okay, let's, listen, when I walk in life, if I walk in wisdom, I've got the knowledge, and I know how to apply it in my life. You're applying that in your life. Okay, I just want to use an example. There's, there's this rule that you have to be at the airport two hours before international flight. Okay? <laughs> you have to be at the airport two hours before the time. And it's in, in many cases, especially in Wolfish Bay, it's a stupid rule because, you know, why do you have to be two hours before the time? You can't get it. It's like two hours here, two hours there, flying time, everything. At the end of the day, it's eight hours of traveling. 
So that's knowledge. That's a rule that you know in your head, okay? Now say, for instance, you don't agree with that, okay? You say, okay, listen, I'm not going to go two hours before the time. I'll go half an hour before the time. You're going to miss one flight in your life, and then you're going to have an understanding of why you need to be there two hours before the time. So as soon as you experience that, the reason why you have to be there two hours before the time, if you come there half an hour before the time, and the queue is standing outside of the building, and you realize you, you're going to miss that birthday or that wedding or whatever you, you were on your way to, you're going to have understanding. Okay. So as soon as you experience that, why that rule is put in place, then you get understanding. And wisdom is then to say, listen, yeah, I'm not bluntly just following, following these rules. I understand why I need to be there two hours before the time. And then walking in that wisdom to say, I'm going to be there two hours before the time. Simple example, but that's basically summing it up. Now, many times when we come to church to worship, we lack the knowledge and the understanding of what to worship. I told you that I cannot learn, teach you how to, how to worship. We are all doing that. But I can share a little bit of, of the knowledge and understanding and trust that God can break it open for us so that we can worship God in wisdom and not merely just doing things on a Sunday. We as Christians, you know, you're a Christian. You, we sing songs like we grow up like that. We just know that is what you do as a Christian, you know. We must understand that there's knowledge and understanding that's, that's many times lacking when we come to church to worship. Um, so, let's get into it. What is worship? What is worship? Is worship, um, many times we, in today's times especially, we see mu um, worship as a, as a music genre. You know, you get praise songs and then you get, um, you get all kinds of songs and then you get worship songs, you know. Praise songs are more like lifting up Jesus' name and worship songs is more where you submit and, and, and the one is more like quiet and holy and the other one is more like, okay, now we're worshiping and now we're praising. You know, we kind of have, have that attitude. Many times when I think of worship also is this, this place of, of bowing down. You know, many times you, you, see, you see this picture of, of someone bowing down before God and sometimes we think that is also worship. Um, many times you see the people in the sports ground also going like this, you know, joking around and stuff. And just if someone, if, if a person in cricket hits a six, then, you know, everybody is like kind of joking about it. We worship you. So you're so good. We're worshiping you. So, but that's in a joke sense. But just bowing down, that's also something that we sometimes see as worship. And sometimes we also make worship very emotional, you know, when we start crying in worship. Oh, the worship was vandaag net, oh, I get a gevoel, man. It's emotional. All of these things, worship can look like all of these things. But in essence, that is not what worship is. In essence, that is not what worship is. Worship can take the form, form of all of these things. But you can do all of those things and not worship. You can do all of those things that I just mentioned and, and, and not worship. And we're going to speak about that today. Okay. So, if these things are not worship, let's get to the definition of worship. <laughs> what is worship? Worship Worship is our love expressed to God as a response to His grace towards us. Worship is 
our love expressed, the way that we live out, the way that we show the love that is within us, that is worship. Worship is not singing a song and just getting it over with before and after church. You know, that's just what we do, going through the motions. It's something that's in the heart, in our hearts, that we express, that we choose to express. That is worship to God. So, when you have a love for something and you express that love towards it, that is worship towards that thing. So you can look at your life and think of all the ways that you act and react um, about certain things. Um, I can just name a few examples. You know, um, when your soccer team plays and they score, or they lose, or they win, how do we act? Okay? What does it look like? I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but many times it's just a reaction coming out of us. You know, something happening. What happens when someone scratches your car? What's your reaction about it? What's your immediate, the outflow of, of that event happening to that certain thing in your life? Okay. So when we look at our own lives, the word says that, you know, we are all worshipers. We are created as worshipers. And then the word also says that Worship belongs to God, you know. Worship belongs to God. We were created to worship God. We were not merely created to worship. We, we were created to worship God. And until we do that, there will always be that longing. There will always be that, that unfulfilling place where we say, listen, um, there must be more to life. Until we come to a place where we allow God, the love for God to be expressed in our lives, there will always be that longing. So today the question still stands. If we look at our own lives, if we look at this definition of what worship is, the expression of love, the expression of the passion in your heart, church, what are we worshiping? That's my question today. What are you worshiping in your life? Okay, so let's just look at this definition of, of worship. Love expressed. First we're going to look at love, and then we're going to look at how do we express this love. And then we're going to hopefully learn something about worship. So it's simple. It's basically, we're just going to look at that. Okay. So love. Um, I really don't want to go into depth, into the depth of, of love. Love is a, a very, very deep um, topic. So there's a lot of things that we can learn about love and the different types of love and everything. But I just want to point out two things today. Okay. Matthew 22 Verse 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. (laughs) This is like kind of a hectic thing to to fathom. It's almost like this impossible thing that Jesus puts in front of us. With everything that you have, your spirit, your soul, your body, everything, you need to love the Lord your God. So, in this impossible task that we get, we must remember that the first thing about love that we must remember is that love is given. Love is not something that you have to have in yourself and psych up in yourself and generate in yourself. Love is given. Love is a free gift from God. The day that you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, He said that you are a new creation. 
He turns that heart of stone into an heart of flesh so that you have the ability to love. He love, the love that you need to express is not something that's within yourself. The love that you need to express is a love that's given. Okay. When we were, when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, we were, new cre- we were a new creation. Okay. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that love that you love with is not something that, you know, God doesn't want to patch up your old life and say, okay, listen, just try and get it right now. He says that, no, I'm coming to give you a new life, a new ability to love. Love is given. The second thing about love is that love grows. Okay? So this, this one excites me, <laughs> excites me very much because sometimes I look at my life and I realize, sure, you know, you don't have to ask the question, you know, is it not saved of me? You know, it's like your love, grow, love grows. The more time we spend with God, the more we're going to walk in holiness. The more we're going to walk in that place of knowing what this love is like. Love grows. Amen. You can know when you have, you're, you're in a relationship with a friend or anything, the more time you spend together, the more your love for one another grows. The, the way that you love your child when he got born and the way that you love him four years later, that love grows. You know, that's the kind of time spending that we need to have with God for our love with God to grow. Okay. Philippians 1 verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. As we gain knowledge of Jesus Christ, as we, as we understand more what He's done for us on the cross, and the fullness of life we have in that, the more our love grows. Paul is saying here, that your love may abound still more and more. Love grows. And the sad thing about that is, or the, the, the thing that we must remember about it is that, if love does not grow, it's not like love is just going to stay on a plateau and now say, okay, now I can have enough It's enough for now. And then five years later you say, okay, now I just want to pick up from there and just carry on with my relationship with God. If love doesn't grow, unfortunately it fades. Not only with God, with, with our relationships as well. I mean, if you, if you um, take a husband and wife example, like that time spent together is so important. That communication that learning from one another, you know, this, hierdie, hierdie, hierdie ding, sy like jy eindelijk, as ek dit so doen nie, of hierdie ding, hy, hy, hy hou daarvan as ek, jy weet, as dinge so is, you know, those kind of things, you don't learn, if you're not in communication, if you're not in a relationship, if you're not spending time together, how is it possible without time together? So it's important, to understand that, love, is given. It's not something that you need to earn. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, that love was given to you. And that love grows. That love grows. And if it doesn't grow, it's not just going to stay at one place. It's unfortunately going to fade. You have to work on that growth in that love. Okay. And that's something that, that, that's challenging for us because <laughs> growth, change, is difficult for us. You know, sometimes we just find this place where, oh, I'm just not happy. You know, it's enough now. But God will always put you at a place where you learn more about Him, where you have to step out of that boat onto the water. It's not nice to take those steps of faith always. But God, God wants us to grow. 
He wants us to see more of Him. Okay, and then, so that's, that's a love part of this worship definition that I gave. Love expressed. Now we're going to talk about the expression of that love. You may have this awesome love for God. You may, may have an amazing, you know, feeling inside of you of love towards God. But it's not worship until it's expressed. It just stays, yeah. It's not, you can't call it worship until you express that love that you have in your heart for God. So if you really love something, you will express your love towards that thing. You will feel at a place where you, where you stand where it's challenging now to express your love towards God. And, and, and if, if, if you want that to turn into worship, you'll have to express it. You'll have to step out of that boat and say, listen, I'm expressing my love to God now. That's worship. Expression of your love. So I just put a little picture up here, <laughs> you know, of people just sitting. And then the way that they express their love, you can angang, it's just like in, you know, if something happens, you know, it's normal to react in that way. <laughs> it's normal to say, listen, yo, it's it now gebeur, and then we react in that way. You know, think of, Think of when your um, child runs athletics, you know. I see it, I see it all the time. Prank in my cup from a from a little toddler kid, which was hard club. You were 40 meter or 60 meter. You know, my mama and papa stand there, so they hard club amper saw. But they swear amper more now. It's that they can't. From who they can't answer and who they how they express that love for that kid. How they express it, you know. It's like it's not um, something that ah, you know, they sit net and. Kijk, ach, cute, ek is so lief vir die kind, kijk hoe hard loop hulle. No, you jump up and down and you run with them and you cheer them on and you shout and you don't care what anyone thinks around you. And it's normal for us. It's an everyday thing. What about when we, when we watch our soccer games or our rugby games or whatever that is? You know, how do we, how do we react then? Are we shy then? Are we shy to jump up and down then? And the, and the, the, the sad thing about these things many times are that the things that we worship in life don't even, like for instance, take a, take a rugby team. They don't know you. <laughs> they don't care about you. I mean, but we, we go crazy about it, you know. And, and maybe it's not about them. Maybe it's about, it's my team. I want my team to win, you know. So it becomes about us again. But the thing about worshiping God is that God loved us first. Okay? God is so worthy to be praised, so worthy to be worshipped, so worthy of our response, our expression of our love. He's so worthy of that because He loved us first. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about you. God is worthy to be worshipped. God loved us first. He's not, you're not worshipping in vain. You're worshiping for what God has done for you. Amen. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Before you even thought of worshiping God, before you even thought of God, He loved you. God is worthy to be worshipped, people. God is worthy to be praised. He loved us first. So when we come to church on a Sunday, when we come here, you know, they, they didn't play my song today. Or, yes, I just didn't feel it today. You know. And I was, I'm, I'm so glad for today's worship. It was so awesome. 
It was so, so from God. Now, you know, I feel it not today. People, God is worthy to be worshipped. God is worthy to be worshipped. He loved you first. He knows you. Amen. You see, the love that we give is not, we don't worship for love. We worship from love. It's a place where God already gave us that love that we worship from. We don't come here to, to worship for the things that, that God can do for us. We worship for what is already done for us, for what Jesus has already done for us on the cross. Many times we come with this attitude of, you weet, ek akkoord deurbraak in hierdie ding, of dit of dat, you know, and I need to worship God. And yes, we have to worship God, but that's not the reason why we have to worship God. The reason for worship, that love in us that we need to express, is a love that we realize Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. We can only be here because of Him. We can only have life, we can only have joy, we can only have unity because of Him. And that's enough to worship Him. If I die tomorrow, it's enough to worship Him. If I, if, if I don't get breakthrough in anything in my life, it's enough to worship Him. Because He's done everything already. We don't worship God for what we can get. Or what He can do for us. We worship God for what is already done. And then we come to church and, there's nothing my song for you know. It's not about us. It's about worshiping the King of Kings who loved you first while you were still in your sin. You know, when you lift up your hands, you don't have to be shy. Because other people don't know what these hands were doing before they were worshiping God. God saved you from that. We worship Him for what He's already done in our lives. That's worship. And that's what we need to do. We need to worship God for what is already done in our lives. So we never have a reason to, to not worship God. Honestly. You know, there's, there's certain times when we find, I think the, the, the most, uh, or the, the, the things that kind of throws a spanner in the works for us sometimes is, is, that, is the one thing is pride. That is in my song, and I'm just not feeling it today. Lay yourself down. And the other thing is hurt. You know, sometimes we go through hurt in life. And it's like, yo, but I want to tell you today that you cannot afford not to worship in those times. God will pick you up in those times of worship. Worship is an outflow of what is already happening on the inside. It's not, worship is not something that we, that, that we do to basically... Um, get approval from God. And maybe you sitting here today and you grew up in a home where you know you knew dad loved you, but it was never expressed. You knew that they loved you, but it was never said. They were never there next to the field when you run your race, ran your race. That love was never expressed. So maybe you're sitting here today with that mentality of listen, I need to worship God to like kind of of a performance thing, you know, to 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 Get something from him. God is the, a good, good father. He's a father when your father wasn't there next to the field. He was there. And the more we grow in the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, who God is, the father heart of God, the more we will realize that we can just worship him. 
We can just worship him. We don't have to worship him, him out of a place of um, before being performance, going for performance and, and just trying to, to um, kind of repay him and, and get his attention. You've got God's full attention. He loves you. He knows you personally. You don't have to worship him so that he can give you something. But worship is, 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 is just an outflow. It's really just an outflow of what is in our hearts. Okay. So I just want to read um, Matthew 15 verse 8. This is Jesus speaking. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and in vain they worship me, te te teaching as doctrines of commandments of men. Okay, so this is just Jesus saying that the Pharisees and everybody, they're saying that they're worshiping me and they're doing all the right things, but it's not reflecting of, reflective of what's going on in their hearts. When we worship God, when we express our gratitude, we're not trying to, um, you know, feel it when we worship God. It's something that's already here that we're just basically expressing. It's just a reflection of what's going on in our hearts. Another awesome thing about worship is that worship is something that we give to God. It's the only thing that we can actually give to God. All the other things in our, our walk is basically for us, you know, edifying of, of the body of Christ and everything. Worship is the one thing where we can, we can really, that we can really give back to God. And it pleases God's heart so much when we worship Him. It pleases Him so much. He's so, he's so happy when, when, when we just come and, and, and and just, you know, he's, he's kind of sitting here and we're just coming to sit on his lap and saying, Jesus, God, I love you. It's the only thing that we can give to God. And you know, the awesome thing about it is that even though we give it to God, it, it, just, it just reinforces that what is, what is on the inside. Now, when you make it vocal, when you show it, it's just like a confirmation of what's already going on in the inside. So in that proclaiming, we also get growth. How awesome is that? We give something to God, but He, through that, also reinforces our lives. Worship is a choice. We need to choose to worship God. I said earlier that, that many of us proclaim Christ, or many of us, until, until it's expressed, it's not worship. I think many of us proclaim Christ, yeah, but we don't choose to worship God. We don't choose to express that love. And you can ask yourself today what the reasons are, why, you don't, why, why we are not expressing that love. Why are we at a place where we, where we love God so dearly in our hearts, but we can't express that love, we can't worship Him? We need to make that choice. God places, the, places that love in our hearts, but we make the choice to express that love. And true love is that choice. You know, without the, without the choice, there is no love. You know, if we were just, we always say, you know, if we were just robots that just, you know, did everything that God told us and we couldn't do anything else, then it wouldn't have been any love. So really, the way that you love God is the way that you express that, that love that is placed in your heart. Express it back to Him. Amen. So I cannot tell you today to, no one can force you, it's your choice to worship, but, but what I can tell you today is, is um, that, it's, that it's really not wise 
and that it's actually foolish not to worship. And I just want to read here in, um, from Romans. Because, because although, they, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Professing to be wise, they became fools. So people, what I, I want to say today is choose to worship God. <laughs> choose to express that love. Don't let the things around you hinder you expressing that love that you have for God. Amen. We need to worship in spirit and truth. There was a story of a, um, in the Bible of Jesus coming to the well with a, with a woman at the well. And Jesus was kind of having this discussion with this, with this um, lady and all this woman. And um, they were chatting and this girl was actually like kind of, you know, kind of in a confidence way, kind of just challenging Jesus on a, in a lot of ways, you know. <laughs> um, he was asking her for, for something to drink. And um, and she was she was just like she was a Samaritan woman, so she was kind of, why are you talking to me? Kind of thing because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't mingle in that time, or they didn't speak to one another. And I think it was law of it's I don't know what it was, but she was just kind of very arrogant with Jesus in a way. Okay, and then we all know what happened is Jesus gave her a word of knowledge of what what's hap- what's going on in her life. <laughs> okay, he told her that. Um, Go call your husband. And what happened was, she said that I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you don't have a husband, but you have five husbands. And the one that you are with now is not your husband. So he gave that word of knowledge in her life. And she immediately changed the attitude towards the man sitting next to her. And she was like, kind of, are you a prophet? And, you know, um, kind of just changing the topic from herself. Obviously, you know, when God, when these things are, are were... Um, shown in her life, she wanted to get the attention off herself. So she started, started speaking about other things. And this is where, where it takes off here. Yeah. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. This is now after she gave the word of knowledge. He gave the word of knowledge to her. I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped. And then she changes to the topic of worship. <laughs> and I think Jesus loved that. <laughs> that she did that. Because it was just an open door for him to, to share into, into her life. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming and you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. So our worship that we give to God, it's important to realize that we do it with, in spirit and in truth. Okay, Spirit being dependent on the Holy Spirit. Okay, Being able to flow in the Holy Spirit. Being able to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit when we worship God. Being, being emotional, it's fine. 
kind of being at that spiritual high place. It's fine. It's awesome to experience God in, in powerful ways. Where you're just lying flat on your face, crying. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful place of worshiping God in spirit. And trusting the Holy Spirit to guide us in that worship. You know, God says in His Word that, that um, we must even ask the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. You know, sometimes we think something must be from our side. But when you make that choice to express that love, the Holy Spirit comes beside you and He helps you to do it. That's worshiping in spirit. Worshiping in truth. Worshiping in truth is like kind of the flip side of that where we say that, listen, the truths of who Jesus Christ is, the historical facts of Jesus walking on this earth, died on a cross for us, became alive again, and giving us life and life in abundance. Those truths is enough to worship God. It doesn't matter if I'm not on a spiritual eye. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if they don't play my song today. Those truths are the truths that I can stand on and say, listen, I can express this love towards God. That's enough. We need to worship God in, with spirit, in spirit and in truth. Mark it sin. Amen. And then the last, the last aspect of worship is, is, is bringing a sacrifice of worship. And I want to end off with that today. And this is just that place where, um, where Abram had to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac. Um, and God, God have told Abram now, okay, listen here, um, you need to sacrifice your son. You need to put him on an altar and, and sacrifice him to me. And the, the story goes on here. Okay, so, you know, um, <laughs> I think sometimes if, if someone would ask you that or if God would ask us that, we, we would go into an argument and say, this must be, who can I keep on doing You know, it's just like we'll go into these arguments. But Abram's response is so beautiful. Um, Abram rose early, the early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men and, uh, with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him he didn't argue he said okay God I'm doing this then on the third day Abram lifted his eyes okay, they were on their way to this place where God told him to go and saw the place afar off and Abram said to his young men stay here with the donkey the lad and I, it's his son, the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. And we will come back to you. <laughs> okay, so that's just a portrayal of the faith that Abram had there, that God will provide. He was on his way to sacrifice his son, but, but we will go and yonder and worship. What is this worship? What is the sacrifice that, that, that we see Abram calling here, he's calling it worship. And this is the part where we need to get to today. And I really pray, pray that this sinks into our hearts. The worship that Abram went to go and do there was not, God didn't want Isaac out of a Abram's life. He wanted Isaac out of Abram's heart. There was a place where, where, where 
Isaac took the place of God in Abram's heart. God didn't want Isaac out of Abram's life. He wanted him out of his heart. You know, the things that we cheer for, the soccer games or the, our children, our, whatever excites us in life, can never take the place of the excitement that God places, places in our heart. You know, if you, if you um, are glad about the new car that you got or something, someone blessed you with something, you can jump up and down, but let the reason be the blessing that God has given you. Let the reason be God. And when it gets taken away, ask yourself the question, are you fine with that? Are you fine with it? Are you fine to say that God, you, you first? God doesn't want all of these things out of our lives. He wants it out of, our, out of our hearts. He doesn't want it out of our lives necessarily. But are we fine if it is out of our lives? That's the question. He wants it out of your heart. He wants to take that place. He deserves that place. He loved you first. So, worshipers, <laughs> my question today is, what are you worshiping? What are we worshiping? That's my question. And I'm going to be vulnerable and, and, and honest today. You know, I, um, me and Rulin were at a place where we um, were on the cell phones a lot, you know. And I just decided, no. <laughs> I can it's 12. It just struck me one day and I said, yeah, delete now your And I just deleted Instagram off my phone. Because, it, you know, I, you kind of justify it. You know, I look at and you know, this is not, I follow people, this is just informative. It's fine. But it was stealing time from our marriage, a God-given blessing place that God wanted, it was stealing from. And I just said, no, it's fine. We're not charging our phones next to our beds anymore. Phones get charged in the cupboard. That's it. Simple. God doesn't want it out of your life. He wants it out of your heart. Don't let the things that we do, the things that we worship in life, steal worship from God. More things like today's fasting as well, you know. It's such a, such a, um, sometimes such a big challenge for us to give something up, um, like food. And, and I had a um, thing uh, like a while ago where I just felt that I had to stop drinking coffee for a week, you know. Coffee became like a big thing for me. <laughs> you know, coffee became like, yeah, I, I poured my coffee a bit. And it's like kind of, um, it's very simple and stupid. And we might think, ach, man, but, you know, that's weird. And it makes it very sake. It does. It does. God wants that place. That small steps of obedience. That small steps of saying, listen, I'm making this sacrifice. I'm making this replacement. Those small things. God loves it so much. God loves it so much. It doesn't affect him in like making him um, love you more or anything. But he just loves it so much because it's what you were created for. It's like, yo, my can He snaps it. It's such a small thing, but this it like gives joy to God's heart when we just make these small sacrifices of worship. Saki, I come up. I want to really um, ask us just to close our eyes today and I, I just want to go into a time of prayer and, and in a time where we just can just look at our own hearts. Um, yeah. Let's just let's just focus our hearts on, on God today. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.